Et un enfant, euh, nous allons visiter la France euh, deux ou trois fois par année. Et euh, désormais, nous allons parler en français sur Recruiting Brain Food. OK? OK, that's brilliant. So, I think I got that. You basically saying you have been on holiday regularly as a kid every year to France. And you, that you, you now claim to be able to speak French. Oui, et désormais, from now on, nous allons parler en français. We're going to speak French sur Brain Food. On, on brain food. Okay? All so right. from now All on, right. this is a French show, okay? All It's right. for the I'll... French, the Swiss, the Western Swiss. I'd love it. To be honest with you, the there's, there's not a lot of French media um, that I'm aware of talking about recruiting. I think there's a few there's a few channels. Nicolas Tassis does something on email. I think he, I think he still does like a Friday show, but I haven't seen that recently. So I hope that's still continuing. Um, and uh, uh, who else? I think um, Guillaume uh, Alexandre typically does a, a meetup or two. And of course, there's a massive sort of French community that basically are completely doing everything in French always. Uh, so I'm not in there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think there's a, there's a lively stuff going on. Uh, we should probably find a way to kind of bridge the two worlds a bit, bit more. Um, anyway, uh, uh, we better get on with the show. Uh, welcome everybody uh, to Brain Food Live on Air. It's episode 216, bringing it to you every Friday, no fail. Um, I'm very excited to be having this conversation today reason why is because we've got an absolute change of format today uh you know that usually we have a panel uh, discussion um we talk through a topic we go through the, all those bits and bobs you're very familiar with it now today we're going to do a bit of a change of a change of pace um because i was really kind of persuaded into it by uh, our guest's enthusiasm and confidence that he was going to outline Uh, this uh, this utopian sort of dystopian view as to what the future of recruitment might possibly be like without human recruiters. Um, so I thought, okay, um, I'll call you a bluff, Stan. You come on and you you you, you pitch this this thing, um, and let's have a look at a slide deck on this. Then we are going to invite people from the audience to come on screen, and we're going to kind of scrutinize this and criticize it. Um, so that's how it's going to be. So if you're watching this show now on Crowdcast. Um, be aware that you may be invited onto screen. So make sure you have your makeup on and your Wi-Fi sorted and it's completely safe for work in terms of your dress code and all that type of stuff because uh, all of this might be happening. Um, all right. Um, uh, let's uh, let's uh, uh, we'll say hello to Adam. I mean, Adam, we know where you are. You're looking um, particularly roast beef in... Uh, in, in... <laughs> Well, that tan's still red, mate. Um, but there we go. Um, so yeah, how, how long? How long uh, are you going to be in France? Very soon. So I honestly don't want to talk about it. I'm going to be home in about 11 days or something like that. And uh, wow, it's I just gutting for me to think that. I just heard your voice quiver just a little bit, mate. That's serious. You yeah. are emotional. My voice it, cracked, I didn't it? I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But dude, you know, I mean, I suppose this might be, it's difficult post-Brexit now, isn't it, to do any permanent moves into a different country, I guess. I mean, uh, what is it? You can do 90 days or something, isn't it, that you can be, be in a certain place before, you know? Yeah, different things everywhere, I guess. But I'm starting a company on Tuesday. And uh, so I think that that would help me to go and live anywhere, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, everyone loves the entrepreneur, right? So this uh, that's a bit of news. I mean, uh, is that news that we can share or is it something you want to talk about on Tuesday or what? Um... I can say I'm starting a new company on Tuesday. That's it. <laughs> oh, all right. Watch this space. Watch this space. 
All right, I, I, I like I, I like the subject of recruiter enablement. That's the only other yeah, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a hint in terms of Adam's like uh, uh, a digital footprint, let's say, um, over the past uh, several months. You've been able to see what the, the, the company's all about. Um, the three guesses. Um, okay, um, uh, let's uh, let's get on with the. Uh, actually, no, we gotta we gotta say thanks to our sponsors, don't we? No, we don't. I tell you what, I'm all over the place. The reason why I'm actually really tired. I mean, I, 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 there's no yeah. excuse. Um, but I've been like, I've obviously just come back from uh, like a massive trip in Germany and my brain is not working. So it's like, everyone's going to have to help me out today. Um, but uh, but yeah, listen, let me just try and do some sound checks. I think everyone can hear, hear us on uh, Crowdcast. Okay. They're commenting uh, uh, fine there, but let me know whether the audio and video is fine for us. I actually hear Adam overly loud, so it's kind of strange uh, that that's the case, but I think it's just me. Um, we are live streaming this in multiple places. You should be seeing this on my LinkedIn. You should be seeing it on Adam's LinkedIn. You'll be seeing it on uh, people like Juliana Park's LinkedIn, Rob Walker's LinkedIn, Joe McCatty's LinkedIn. Um, so everyone is helping out broadcasting this to the universe. Uh, so if you can hear us all there, do let us know and comment whether you can hear and see us okay. Um, okay, a few people can say that they're hearing this fine, which is good. Um, okay, uh, we have to thank our sponsors as always. Every week, folks, Recruiting Brain Food has been solidly sponsored now, I think for three years solid. Every single week, a company stepping up and saying, you know what, we want to make sure that Brain Food Live continues its essential conversations in the recruitment uh, uh, universe. Um, and today we've got a wonderful repeat sponsor that is has been one of the biggest ones this year. So I'm very pleased to say thank you uh, to Candidate, um, who are a, a fantastic UK-based international though RPO that have been doing great things in the scale-up marketplace. Uh, but rather than me kind of take, uh, say too much about it, why don't I invite on uh, the wonderful Gabby, um, and she's going to tell us all about it. Um, again, on Crowdcast, I can't find who she is um but i think gabby did commentate earlier so let me just find her there she is we'll invite her to the main stage and she can tell us all about it and i think gabby's in amsterdam which i guess is pretty similar to uk weather wise right now which is essentially february you know uh, this is one feature one feature of northern europe i think is pretty consistent um the summer has kind of instantly ended um, which is, you know, broadly disappointing. So I think your depression on your return back to Glasgow will probably not improve um, because you're going to come back to just greyness, mate. Um, anyway, there she is. Gabby, how are you doing? Yes. Hello. Can you hear me, first of all? A tech check. We, we can hear yes. you very well. By the way, Gabby was panicking on WhatsApp, just texting me before. I said, when are we going to yeah. do a tech check? <laughs> Little does Gabby you know. You said that. Little you does said Gabby that, know. Though. This is Bring Food Live. We tech check I mean, on produ production only. Production only. That's what testing. Alex said. Alex said Dutchies, they don't like vagueness. They they you know they just stick to what is being said. So yeah, don't don't blame it on me. Blame it on my nationality, I guess. <laughs> Listen, it's wonderful to have you on the show. I think it's your debut Thank you. as well. Um but why, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, candidate? Who is candidate? Who should care about it? Um, how do we get in touch if we do care about it? Uh, go ahead. Thank you so much. Um, hello, everyone. Sunny afternoon. Um, Hung, thank you for having me. Um, so, yeah, as Hung just said, my name is Gabby. I'm based in rainy, slidey, slightly sunny Amsterdam at the moment. Um, and I very much enjoy running the specialist team at Candidate. Um, yeah, to answer your questions, really, uh, Hung, uh, let me cut straight to it. 
who are we and why would you love working uh, with us? It's fairly simple. We help businesses skill their teams with better talent and faster. Um, more specifically about the specialist team. So now that the hiring market is still up and down, uh, August is your, let's say, not so typical hiring month. However, at the same time, businesses are still making key hires. Um, the candidate shortage in tech still persists. So that's why we have rebooted, let's say, our specialist team. They work on individual roles. And three things about this that you, let's say, should remember from my short uh, talk. One, they have deep uh, domain expertise. Secondly, we work on a flat fee basis per role. So thirdly, that should lead to increased quality of your hiring and actually lower costs for each and every single hire. Um, a few of the things that I'm very proud of that our team uh, achieved lately, we placed nine SDRs at Synopsys. Jiminy hired their VP of marketing to us and ex-clients are getting back to us. Um, and yeah, I guess that's a, the one scenario, let's say, where you love it um, when your exes are chasing you, right? Um... <laughs> happens all the time, Gabby, to me. It's like... Yeah, I know, Hung, but I mean, you know? not everyone likes it. <laughs> no, um, yeah, and really, so for everyone here, whether you are a recruiter, um, a hiring manager, founder, um, or, or people uh, leader, if you're hiring now for a very tough position and uh, where you need to get better candidates faster, uh, please uh, let's have a chat um, and you and your team get to enjoy the summer. I'll drop my contact details now in the chat here. Thank you so much, um, Hung. No, you're very welcome, Gabby. And thanks so much for uh, delivering the sponsor message there for us. Uh, Candidate.com uh, is spelled with a K. Uh, if you're a company that's basically looking for recruitment support, maybe you are uh, don't have full capacity in your TA team right now, um, reach out to Candidate, being really innovative and creative with their uh, pricing, their business modeling, uh, and, uh, uh, and whatnot. To, to really reflect what the demands are in the current market conditions. Um, and they've done some great things for companies that really need to hire uh, at pace and at budget. Um, okay, so Gabby, thanks so much for that. Uh, great to see you. Keep, stay on the show. Hopefully you'll, be, you'll enjoy the rest of the chat. Um, uh, we'll, uh, uh, we'll in no doubt invite you back for another uh, Bring Food Live at some other point, Gabby. Amazing. Thanks, Ang. Ciao. <laughs> cool. Um, all right, um, let's get on with it. Um, did you read the newsletter, Adam? And if so, what was interesting, mate? Lots of things, as always. So let's start with Cronify's candidate expectations report. Um, Cronify is a company that allows uh, <clears throat> recruitment teams to pretty much create automated scheduling. Scheduling has got to be the worst thing in recruitment, I would expect. And so if you can automate that, great. Um, they've got lots of um data around from many thousands of candidates around what they're expecting from a recruitment process um <laughs> and some of the highlights i thought were important are 40 percent um, of candidates expect um to get to the interview stage no longer than six days after they've applied uh yeah i don't think we move that quickly unfortunately in most cases and we really need to strive to meet candidate expectations or they just get pissed off and work out another way of making money that is not applying to your company so can that's I, the first can I, one 
can I just say on that one point as well, if a candidate expects to get an interview, maybe that's a Zoom call or whatever it is, I don't think it's face-to-face, but the first contact conversation with, with a recruiter within six days, you know what happens if they don't get that Schedule. sort of... No, what they'll do is they'll continue harassing the recruiter. Um, so they'll actually create more work for the company that hasn't responded. I had this incident actually last week where a friend of mine posted a job. She immediately got bombarded by candidates on publicly saying, yeah, I've already applied. I've sent you a DM. I've also sent you a Slack. I've done this, this, and this. And it's like, oh my God, what a headache. Um, because basically a candidate, if you don't hit their expectations in terms of uh, getting back to them, they actually might increase their activity, uh, which is totally rational, totally understandable, but their activity then increases your work. So it's one of those where you've got to kind of nail it early, otherwise it just expands as a as, as a as a resource load for your for you and your team. Anyway. So okay, um, a couple of other things in that um, responsiveness um, is the most important thing that candidates are looking for, and this expect expectation has actually been increasing over the last couple of years. And forty one percent have said that a lack of communication is the most frustrating part of recruitment. So. Come on, everybody, let's automate this. I think it's one of the things that really has to um, you know, be something we're not relying on humans to, to do. It's not, it's not the interview to happen within six days. It's they want the interview scheduled within six days, by the way, just to, just to be clear on that. Yeah. You know what? I think this has got to be the moment for uh, interview scheduling to be automated because um, it's the simplest way to basically take the work- workload down from under-resourced TA teams. Um, I don't think any TA teams walking around with excess capacity right now. Um, uh, you know, we, we've, no. been cut, we've been cut hard. Um, that means that a lot of TA teams are probably a little bit under capacity if, uh, in terms of uh, so the overcapacity, should I say, in terms of the, 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 the resources available. Um, and so they need to get it efficient. It's got to be the quickest way to do it is to get rid of this email chasing business um, and to use an enterprise grade uh, uh, software like Chronify or Good Time or whatever it might be. There's loads of tools out there that can help you do it. And to be honest with you, a decent ATS these days will have a component which should be very strong. It should be part of your thinking uh, when you're analyzing, you know, the, the the fit for purpose of core software, whether it has that feature built in or whether it has uh, compatibility with some of these great standalone products that are out there. Um, anyway, cool. Give us uh, another one, Adam. Okay, um, so Hung, uh, you think that our salaries are not quite as good as your market worth, but let me just re- remember. So you say you 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 work from the office five days a week. Okay, and what we're offering is you the opportunity to work from home three days a week. So let me just share my screen and get out my cost of commuting calculator. And let's talk through what that means to your total net take home and like savings, et cetera, et cetera. This is recruiter enablement, as far as I'm concerned, like calculators. We need these top props and tools and things to help us overcome objections. And a cost of commuting calculator is one that I highly recommend. And uh, there is an example in uh, recruiting brain food. And in fact, it even tells you how to go about creating your own with ChatGPT. Have you shared your screen? Because I, I, I think... It no, 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 I haven't no, shared my screen. It was just... A, 
I was just, I was just doing some role play there. Your ro- role play, your, your, the role play was so convincing. I, I actually thought it was normal dialogue. Adam. So, um, so yeah, that's so accurate. No, but listen, it's a really interesting tool. Basically, it's, a, it's a, it's a weapon uh, for employees to essentially make the case for remote. Um, if you are a remote worker, you enjoy remote, and you're getting called back to the office. Well, here's a calculator that you can use to say, you know what? If I was to commute, this is how much it's going to cost. Um, and it's no good for you, it's no good for me. So worth having in your locker if you are finding yourself in a position uh, where you're having that conversation. I'll share that link into um, the chat stream. It's called The Value of Not Commuting. Um, and it's it's something we've never calculated before. Um, but basically, yeah, Oscar, I'm totally confused. I'm totally knackered, man. I think I'm brain, I'm kind of sleep deprived. Um, but anyway, um, there we go. Check it out. It's a great link. It's a nice tool. It's just a, I think it's just an embedded Excel. So it's uh, it's it's worth you having a look at. Um, okay, give us. Uh, Sorry, you were going to say? No, I've just I've got more. Go on. So Nielsen 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 Norman Group, who are uh, researchers in um, ex- user experience, basically. Um, they've done some research which shows how much employee productivity can increase with the use of generative AI. So right. yep. the average is 66%. Now, get this, because this is not what I was expecting at all. Um, they did three case studies. One for customer support, which I thought was going to be basically taken out the game completely by generative AI. Uh, the second was for like uh, white collar professionals in things like marketing and HR and sales who are writing like documents, regular use documents, basically. And the third was um, software engineers, software, software developers, programmers, I should say, because um, engineering is not something necessarily, well, <laughs> Nuances in there. Right. Anyway, customer support, productivity increase, about 18%, something like that. Um, the people who are writing like business documents, about 60%. And then programmers was like 120%, 130%, something like that. So I was slightly surprised um, to, to read this, but you know, it, it's hopefully you all find it interesting as well. Yeah, it's actually a really um, interesting collection of the very early case studies that have been performed by researchers on kind of the way beat it in terms of, look, here's a bunch of people that are using AI. Here's a lot of people that aren't using AI and they've just measured the output over time, performance over time. Um, And some of these studies, I think, are going to be canonical in the sense that we're going to keep referring back to them as the how, you know, this is how we can demonstrate the case. Uh, so the call center one, I think, was very clear. It basically the main learning from that is that junior or inexperienced workers were able to up level much more quickly to a experienced standard with the use of AI. So instead of taking six months to productivity, they took it to to, to about six weeks. Um, so AI very very useful in the context of customer service um, and customer support, should we say, um, for junior people particularly. Um, and anybody producing business documentation. I would imagine uh, most of the people watching or listening to this show now uh, probably are using generative AI for that purpose. Uh, So creating a blog post, creating internal documentation, recruiters, HR people, we do create a lot of textual documentation. We're probably using the composition, text composition uh, sort of uh, outputs 
uh, as the main thing for uh, from from generative AI and software engineering. I am not surprised by this, and the reason why is because just the nature of software engineering. They're probably uh, measuring productivity in terms of how much code is deployed, um, and I would imagine that that is based on the fact that the code generation can do it without error. Um, so, you know, a human being typing stuff out is typically going to basically do keyword issues. They're going to, you know, you're going to keystroke problems and all the rest of it. You're going to create uh, code in, in, with unintentional errors in there um, that the AI never will. And it will also produce code at much bigger, uh, a higher volume as well. So it doesn't surprise me that that, uh, that is one of the gains. Plus, it has to be said, engineers have been one of the most fluent and early users of generative AI. So they're probably six to 12 months ahead of everyone in terms of how to use it. So they may, in fact, be more skilled users of AI as well. Cool. Listen, I'm conscious that everyone's getting restless here and everyone's like uh, clamoring for Stan to come on screen. But just really quickly, one more is the, the New York Times demographic thing. I mean, like history tells us that the countries with the largest working age populations are the most productive and have the biggest your know, best gdps i mean go and go and take a look at this for like signs of doom for a lot of us who are on here so um the the i mean as as i think we've talked about on here quite a few times japan's got some serious big problems with the working age population that they've got you know um who's next britain eastern europe but well, lots of europe Europe's got big problems coming as we're all we're all going to be retiring and there's not yeah. enough people not enough people coming behind us so we're not um, we're not conscious of this at all and I'm pleased that dem demography is becoming a bigger part of uh, how we're thinking about recruitment because it, fundamentally it is uh, about it's a this is the talent pipeline we talk about the talent pipeline there's no uh, sort of uh, a better way to think about population uh, other than where are the next generation of people coming from uh, now, European societies have previously got away with it through, uh, you know, immigration and bringing people in from the outside. That's all been well and good, but it's coming at political and social cost. Um, and it's coming to the point where, you know, we're going to end up electing uh, sort of governments that are simply hostile to it. UK being a good example of that. Um, so, um, so, so we need to. I imagine the Netherlands is one as well. They've got 17 million people in half the size of Scotland today. And uh, uh, as Stan's just pointed out in response to this comment, there will be bots. So uh, well, bots the might help. The UK have got hope. The thing is, the bots might help. But at the same time, they'll help in terms of the production aspect, but they won't help in the consumption aspect because a person coming into the country is not just a worker. He or she's also a consumer. Uh, so one of the things that I think the AI evangelists, and I'm an AI evangelist generally, but the AI optimists, shall we say, um, I think mistake, they, they simply think about AI in terms of its productive, uh, productivity gains. They don't think about what happens when you lose a consumer. Um, because guess what? Um, a lot of our economies are based on people spending stuff. Uh, as far as I know, an AI is not going to go out and spend stuff. Um, so anyway, there we go. Right, let's bring on Stan. I think we've had enough chit-chat. Um, uh, Stan, you better not disappoint me. Uh, taking a massive risk, roll of the dice. Uh, Stan's like... going to be there. He's in a jacuzzi. He's nowhere near a computer. This will, this will be the image. I totally expect something completely like this. Um, I've never seen as much... Um, I've never seen as much, like... Um craze for somebody coming on stage since taylor swift 
<laughs> yes, he's like super pop. Then again, Stan is a high impact guy, so I, we fully expect him to uh, 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 to to be giving at least a bit of drama, if indeed he can come on. Um, there he is. Hey, what's up? Good lord, good to see you, Stan. Uh, nice to see you looking well. Love the mustache, by the way. Uh, is that a is that a, a long term thing? Um, how what's the deal with this? I like to switch things up. I'm in the south of Spain right now, so I thought I'd let it grow. Straight out of will come back. Same <laughs> as Adam's out. beard. Adam, I, I remember you clean, clean shaven as well. And uh, I guess I got to try to catch up with you guys. That's it. Um, okay, votes in the comments, folks. What do you think of Stan's facial hair? Do you want him to keep it? Should he be clean shaven? What do we think about it? I personally like it. I think it's pretty good. But you tell me, folks. Um, okay, Stan, why don't you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Uh, I work at Smart Cruise. It's a hiring platform. We're trying to be the most usable, flexible, and connect connected one. And uh, I'm blessed to uh, run partnerships. So I get to see loads of amazing tech, loads of amazing services partners, and really build this holistic view of you know what we're doing to drive that one thing we're all after, uh, whether you're on the vendor side or in-house side or agency side, and that's deliver hiring success, You know, uh, create successful hires and happy employees. Fantastic stuff. And Stan is always a good person to follow online. He's very, very good on LinkedIn, always prepared to uh, make intelligent and a controversial commentary on things online. So really good person to follow. Uh, Stan, you and I had a chat about this. You were saying, hey, listen, I've got this vision of how it's going to be. Um, uh, this is the potential future of how uh, you know fully automated recruiting looks like. And I, I listened to this and I thought, okay, fine. Not skeptical because I do believe that these things are feasible and possible. Uh, but I wanted to use your uh, that this conversation and your presentation as a thought experiment to say, okay, let's let's put out the the view how it could be, and then we'll tackle it in comments and bring uh, as, as almost a radio call in afterwards uh, to see who who wants to come in and take a shot at you. So uh, I, I, <laughs> I wonder whether uh, I mean, do you have the presentation? Are you prepared to deliver it? What's the dealio? Yeah, I shared it with you. I have it here. If if I can screen share myself, then uh, yeah, you screen pop, share. I've got no it, interest. Pop in it up. Just, just, okay, so just a few disclaimers before we go there. First of all, let's not get too philosophical, and definitely not about. You know, let's not hit the economics of it. Uh, if we want to go there some other time, I think that we all will be liberated from work. But you know, let, again, let's not go there because that's another like two hour. <laughs> Make you know, make the case. I mean, basically, let's let's see you tell the story, Stan. And we'll, let, we'll, we'll let's review. do that the other time. The the other big thing about AI is I, I I love technology. I've been working with it a lot. I see a lot of it. I'm gonna try to open people's eyes to what's currently available. I'm not an engineer, so please don't come on screen and talk to me about the code and that sort of stuff. Someone that loves video games has played them for 20 years and is really good at them doesn't necessarily code a video game, right? So I'm not I'm not gonna go there. Also, I don't think that many of the people making these large language models, if you <laughs> if you listen to them carefully, themselves really know how they work at this point in time. But, you know, so let's not go there either. And with that disclaimers, uh, with, the, with those, oh, yeah, and views are my own. You know, I, I, I work from, you know, you said I work for, but views are my own. All right. Um, so, yeah, so let me screen share on that note. Um, there we go. You got it. Um, and I'll try to go into uh, slideshow mode. Cool. Can everyone see my screen? Yes. Thumbs up to Stan. Can everyone see Stan's uh, screen? It's a picture of a guy doing lamp lighting. I cannot see thumbs up. I cannot see uh, chat. Yeah, I can see. Yeah, now behind. 
Are you still, am I still there? Are you still there? Yeah. 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 Can, yeah. Really, really. All right. Yeah. So, so, so the lamplighter, um, man, having worked in this industry for, for 17 years now, um, the current developments in generative AI and, and technology in general, also beyond that, just the creativity that I see from all these technology vendors across the hiring journey really makes me look at the role of the recruiter in particular, uh, whether it's a sourcer, an interviewer, a scheduler, you know, I, I, it really reminds me of the lamplighter a bit over a century ago, uh, just after electricity was uh, invented. And, and it took a long time. It took, you know, 60, 70 years for lamplighters to die out as a, as a function um, because innovation horizons and adoption was slower. Uh, but right now they're a novelty. You only use them, you know, exclusively. There, there are a few, a few in London. I bet there will be some recruiters in the future just to see what that experience was like in the museum. But um, not because it's really fit for purpose. And, and, and the lamplighter obviously was, you know, bringing light to cities when the sun went under. And I think that, you know, putting people in jobs that are the right fit for them, the right fit for the employer, the right fit for their career path, the right fit for their personal ambitions and goals, um, I think we'll be better off handing the reins to technology. Um, the sooner the better. I think candidates will win and, uh, and employers will win. And the way I want to attack this is uh, by, by walking people through some technology but also by making this point, um, I can't read the chat, but I always like to um, put this one forward when I, when I try to address technological changes. Does anyone have anything that stands out about this post? Maybe Adam, Hun, maybe you can, you can tell me some things that you think stand out about this post that by Jan. Well, firstly, it got 300,000 plus impressions, yeah. which is massive, right? So he's massive. done an amazing job of like- A lot of engagement. This. Yeah. Uh, well, well done, our friend Jan Tegzi on this. Um, Come on, shares. Yeah, amazing. Um, I, I, you look, let me have a look at this. Um, okay, so he's defending basically no commute, the remote works, flexibility. You know, this is good work. So it's basically a human being that's able to control a lot of the experience of work, which I think, you know, in the pre-COVID era, we, we probably didn't have that. Um, yeah. uh, you know, we were working to other people's schedules, working to other people's environments. Uh, we couldn't choose uh, when we started work, when we ended work, what tools we use, et cetera, et cetera. So all of the components of good work, I think, uh, is, uh, is probably now to hand. Um, and Jan is basically making this uh, uh, connected with the concept of not being in the office. Um, so, so, yeah, that's my reading of it. Right. Adam, anything to add to that? Well, yeah, I mean, the amount of comments on here mean it's an important subject to people. 200, yeah. you know, 201 comments on here means people are really passionate about this subject. Um, personally, I entirely agree. And his final clause, there's no going back, is one that I entirely um, subscribe to. Love it. Well, this was not one I wanted to prove. The, the, the whole thing was written by AI. That, that was the point I was trying to make. <laughs> The subject was chosen by AI. The, the, the closing point, the argument was posed, you know, created by AI, the whole body. Um, and, and the funniest thing about it is that, that a bit later, that same month, Jan confessed to it. If you look at the right post, he explained how he did it. And people clearly didn't care as much. You know, they clearly didn't care as much. Still quite a few comments, but far, far less engagement. And I think that's, you know, also very... Yeah, um, you know, true for uh, how we're hiring. You know, people don't really care who's doing the middle work, who's bringing, you know, the, the, the making that connection between the um, job seeker and the employer. They just care that it's something that they, um, you know, that that's a fit. 
Um, and as you can clearly see by the by the uh, by the post on the left, this was a great post indeed. Uh, you know, it was topical, and and it hit a lot of uh, people. Uh, so let's uh, let's take this to recruitment. And again, it's going to be a journey through the hire, uh, a, a journey through the hiring journey using looking at technology. Uh, I only have one logo to share here. Also, something about these logos I added them top of my head. In many cases, not the only one. <laughs> in this case, it is. There, there is no other company in our industry that cares so much about forecasting than uh, Denny Hudson's and Craig Payne's foresight. Um, but all the other logos, these are just good companies. I believe are doing a great job in their specific category. But there can be other ones. There can be better ones. Uh, if I missed anyone, you know, just let them know in the chat or let me know. I'd love to look at them. But anyway, um, for those who don't know foresight, foresight allows you to to plan your demand, who you need, and where and when up to the 36 months ahead. And I, I love this because like you see on the on the left side, I'm quoting Danny that most pain points in TA teams stem uh, from a lack of demand planning. But then after you know who you need, when and where, um, you should also figure out, okay, where, where are those people? Uh, whether you're hiring uh, locally or, or into an office or, or especially remotely, uh, you need to know, um, where is the talent I'm looking for uh, and what moves them? What do they want to get paid? You know, that's where PayScale and OpenComp can already help you. Th these are existing technologies. Well, now you know who you need, when and where, and where they are, what languages they speak, what moves them. Now you got to write some proper, you know, job descriptions for them. Half of these companies, half of the logos you see here did not exist two years ago. Uh, all the top ones, really, the top, the top five. Uh, they are brand new, and, and they all do an incredible job writing uh, job descriptions. Um, the ones below can actually also de-bias them or uh, make them uh, more uh, well-structured, uh, you know, more inclusive, also uh, very relevant stuff. Um, but what if, what if you want to write more? What if you want to create you know, a, a blog or a, an article for your website, or you want create a uh, infographic or content you can post or, uh, across social media. Um, Han, Adam, have you ever heard of listening bots? Lis listening. Listening bots, yeah. For example, Han, when, when, you, when you look for content that your readers will like for brain food, oh, yeah. are, are you using listening bots? No, um, but I know what you're talking about. It's basically, it's like mention, isn't it? It's like um, you kind of, it's, it's stuff that spiders across the Prior to the AI world, it's basically technology that would spider around looking for kind of uh, keywords, I guess, or looking for conversations that certain people are, uh, are making and then dragging it into a, a file that, you, you know, the subscriber will be able to see. Uh, so, yeah, I'm aware of those tools, but no, I don't use them. Yeah, so you're exactly right. And, and this has taken a massive flight. You know, AI is now essentially reading the web. So there isn't almost a target audience in the world, if any Folks in employer, employer branding teams are listening right now. This one's for you. There almost isn't a target audience that you're hiring for that these listening bots don't know what they care to read about. And guess what? Usually it's not your jobs. Usually it's another topic. But if you have your hiring managers or, or people in their teams that work in those specific areas, um, get topics suggested to them, which these companies can do, and then um, write articles or create content that they can share across social media, which these companies can generate for them. And you can determine how much of it. Some you know, will do everything. Other people will want parts of it and then um, change it up a little bit. 
all this is possible and it'll allow you to write incredibly targeted and engaging material for a specific audience that you probably don't know that much about and the people within your organizations don't have the skills to write. You know, if you're an amazing bookkeeper or you're an amazing salesperson or an amazing uh, name a role, you don't necessarily have to be a great writer or have the time to do it. These platforms will do it for you. Um, I'll just add to that. If you're if you're a tech provider, you're on here and you want to be able to offer this to your customers, then just embed SEMrush and it'll do the same thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and there are more, right? I, I particularly like these these two. They're top, top of mind for me. But yeah, they're also another thing. Like most of these tools will have an open AI API call. Uh, later inflection will come there. Bard is doing incredible things. I bet many of the people on this call Lambda. are using Chat GTP. Lambda. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Meta's, Meta's just made it available. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're they're in this presentation, <laughs> further yeah. down the hiring journey. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but anyway, let's continue because I don't want to take up too much of this time for the presentation. I want to chat about these topics. Now you've got a source. Now you have really good content. You have your target audience. You know who, when, where, what they want to get paid, what triggers them. Um, forget about building your own outreach sequences for LinkedIn and email. Forget about executing those in this, at a certain time. Forget about matching the people that, or finding the people to source to, uh, matching them based on their resume or their LinkedIn profiles with the jobs you have open. The logos on this um, slide will do that for you. Uh, many of them also have integrations again with generative AI APIs, so, so they can do even more. Uh, some of the logos on here can reply to candidates that email them back, uh, essentially building a, a, a whole conversational workflow. Um, some of them uh, have a uh, pay per successful uh, conversion business model, so it's essentially free until uh, you 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 get a positive response. Uh, besides the base uh, licenses that you pay, I mean, this can make the the, the positive spin is it makes sourcers incredibly more productive, um, and they deliver a better quality. But it, it genuinely also just replaces huge loss of the of the sourcing team. Um, but let's say you can't find people in your internal ATS. You can't find them on external data uh, sources. Um, I forgot to say, the, <laughs> these companies can reach over 800 million verified candidates. They're outside of your ATS, but they can also look inside of it. But let's say you still haven't hit uh, the mark. And now you can go ahead and advertise. You know, And uh, all the logos on, on, on this slide are able to, to use artificial intelligence already um, to make sure your recruitment advertising budget is spent in the right places, the right type of channels for the right type of role. Um, as I, many people on this call know, I have a Vonk past. I'll call them out here, you know, and this is already years ago when I worked there. If you were looking for a, a software engineer in Germany, uh, you would use different channels or a different combination of them um, than when you're looking for a software engineer in, in Latin America or in Asia. And uh, yeah, these companies can create these multi-touchpoint campaigns essentially to make sure that you pull people through that you know, good old um, talent attraction funnel. Now, the new thing besides these uh, companies, ah, I went too fast. And then there's conversational AI. <laughs> but, but I almost skipped over this one because everyone knows this one. You know, the, the, the chatbots on your website, the, the text to apply companies, um, you know, reaching out through Facebook, WeChat. If you aren't using this yet, there's really no excuse. You know, candidates want to be able to at least have a conversation with you um, instantly, and 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 I think uh, you know texting and 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 messaging and WhatsApping and, and chatting is is the bare minimum 
uh, you can do these days. I will call out Sapia on the top right corner. These guys have developed uh, their own proprietary AI that asks candidates five questions. I've tried it. It's, it's pretty amazing. I think they have links where you can try it for free for yourself, if, if, if you don't believe me. Um, and it will, it will not only match you with the job you're applying for, uh, it will also always give you instant feedback. So, so earlier on the call, um, we were talking about response time to get scheduled for an interview. Candidates can start a Sapia interview 24-7 from their mobile phone, anywhere they are, for all the jobs that are managed by Sapia, and they will get instant feedback after completing that interview. And I was incredibly skeptical when I first met Barb, their founder, um, how this would work, if this would work. You know, they were claiming that they were they had these incredible um, business cases where uh, the largest employer in the Southern Hemisphere is able to hire tens of thousands of people within 24 hours, which is, it's a it's a big retailer or fast you know, big retailer. I didn't believe it. I tried it. It's 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 really really special, and I, I seriously uh, has changed my mind. Have, have you guys tried it, Adam? Han, have you have you tried chatting to to a hiring bot or to Sapia? Yeah, CP is amazing. I mean, um, uh, I have to say, um, a very impressive person, uh, Barbara. And uh, it's great that basically you have an Aussie company that's really uh, at the forefront of doing uh, some amazing things. Um, I mean, all of these companies on, on the page here are fantastic. Um, but yeah, um, but yeah um, it, well done uh, for, for, you know, I guess the, the genesis where, where that's from. It's not your classic Silicon Valley emergent type of uh, product. It's come out mm. of... St. Kilda in, you know, uh, sort of uh, Southern Australia. It's like from out of nowhere. So, so well done. Uh, well done there. Um, yeah. Hats off. Hats off. And, uh, and you know, the, the other really interesting thing about Sapia is that they, they, they invested so much in ethical AI. You know, the, the, their bot essentially makes decisions, which is incredibly risky in hiring. It's, it's, it's illegal in some, uh, in some states. And, you know, they publish about how their AI makes decisions publicly. I've shared this stuff with our VP of engineering. He was thoroughly impressed. It's And I am, I can't read it. It's, it's far too technical. But if you're a techie or you have techies in your company, look up, you know, save this decision-making or we can probably find you a link on and, and share this with the, with the community because it's, it, again, super, super impressive. Anyway, I want to go to the next category, which is one of my favorites because I, as you can hear, like to speak. <laughs> if you know me, you guys know I like to talk. And uh, I, I think uh, the voice is the best user experience. You know, it's why 600 million households have these, um, you know, voice uh, recognition type of softwares in their house already. Uh, Google Home and uh, Amazon obviously has theirs and uh, Siri is getting better every day. But what we have this stuff in recruitment as well. Uh, all of these logos can actually um, call candidates on their mobile phone and have a conversation with them. Uh, here, I like to highlight Scotty. I'm, Huge fan of what they've been doing. Plus, they're Dutch, so there's some uh, some Dutch connection there. But they can call half a million candidates at the same time, ask these folks if they are available uh, for a job. If they are, um, ask them if a certain job is interesting for them. If it is, great. If it isn't, they can offer different jobs. Uh, if they want to learn more about the company first, no problem. It will tell them more about the company first and then go back to the jobs. Now, if they do like a job, Scotty can screen, ask knockout questions, and then they can do something called smart um, sourcing to connect people with a recruiter. So if you're a recruiter and Scotty's on the phone with a candidate that might be a fit, they can call you while they're speaking to the other candidates and transfer straight over to you. 
but in many cases, especially for the less complex jobs, they won't have to. Jobs in consumer call centers, jobs at warehouses, they can just schedule the candidate in for their first day or for their trial run. Uh, you can even, um, what you call, connect the offer workflow in there, right? So that the candidate can receive an offer, sign it. Then Scotty can call them back that everything is settled and they can prepare them for the job. Um, what do they need to bring on the first day? They can have a quick call before. During the day, they can ask how it's going. After the day, uh, the, the bot can ask for candidate feedback. Pretty much everything a human is doing. So see where I'm going with this? Back to that light, lamp lighter analogy. <laughs> so, and then- a quick inter- interruption, Stan. Um, sure. Just to go back on Adam's point on your kind of expectations, um, technology like this will completely nail that sort of use case. Yeah. Um, because candidates were upset that they were not getting any information after application. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, guess what? Um, a use of these types of technologies will give you instantaneous uh, a sort of um, updates as to where your status is um, and, and where, you, you know, what the next day will be. It will just eliminate this phenomena of candidates going through in the process, putting energy into it, not yeah. seeing anything at all back. So, uh, so yeah, I just want to make that point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, man, the bot never sleeps. It's never tired. It's not led by emotions. It, you know, it doesn't get angry. It, it doesn't get hungry. Um, it, it never forgets. It doesn't make the same errors humans do. And it can be called back 24-7 across any device in any place at time. It doesn't get mad at you. Um, so it's, it's a far, far, far better candidate experience. And it proves that. Like one of the things that you often hear about this Automation taking over is, oh, candidates you know, want to speak to humans. Well, the data says otherwise, as I'm such a big fan of data. Uh, Scotty did a huge test with a, one, with a large Dutch RPO um, where their NPS scores were consistently at 10, 15 points higher than human recruiters. Their completion rate of the conversation was consistently above 93%, where the, where the human recruiters usually had to cut off a conversation around 70% of the conversation, candidate lost, lost interest. So it's 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 more efficient and it has a better uh, offers a better experience. Um, I'm at my uh, girlfriend's cousin's place in Malaga. We're having a city trip here. He's not from the recruitment space, and we were talking about this. He said, "Oh, but wait, that's actually kind of paradoxical because if they can do all of this and they are hiring for cons- for customer service jobs, then can't they do the whole customer service job?" And yes, absolutely, they can. Like curious thing, and Scotty and Qualify as well. All of them, besides mm-hmm. recruitment, also automate customer service. So that brings me back to that all being liberated from work stuff, and but but again, let's let's but, not go there. Let's but according to according to Nielsen Norman, the productivity uplift in uh, customer support is not as high as it is in in other areas. Interesting. Yeah, can you stand just quick side though? Could can you introduce me to whoever's behind Curious Thing? Because just based on the logo, I think we'd be friends, and I want to know that person. Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, guess who I introduced him to as well? You were just talking about Chronify. Yeah. So, so these guys are speaking. As you, which is obviously matchmaking heaven scheduling wise. Uh, but anyway, rise of voice technology. Voice technology can be a whole brain fruit, but let me let me move but let me move forward. Assessment platforms. Humans are terrible at assessing, especially you know, new interviewers, new recruiters, they they usually, you know, they, they hone a, some kind of intuition and skill over time. But even those aren't aren't able to shut off their bias, for example, right? And and and, and really make um, matches to the extent that that um, assessment platforms can. It's really the only way to move past CVs is to start measuring people based on their skills, uh, soft and hard and, and, and behaviors. And, and what, I, what I love about these 
especially assessment platforms like Maki, SHL, Verbo, Descorella, they, they, uh, IMOCA, they really allow people to build their own assessments. They're, they have these assessments libraries. Many are now adding AI to it to recommend certain assessment combinations for certain roles because they learn, obviously, about every assessment that's being made and how can this progress in the ATS to get the data. Um, but also cognitively, you know, the, 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 these assessment platforms are able to uh, understand if someone fits uh, in a certain team very often better than than, than a human uh, can at this point. There, there's also you know, countless case studies uh, proving that, you know, caveat, usually these case studies come from these vendors, uh, aren't external. So, so there's something to be said about that. Um, but especially, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan about these situational judgment tests where you try the job before you actually do it. Uh, so both the candidate and the employer can determine fit. For coding, that's where that's most relevant. You know, in, in many in many large scale tech companies, um, besides bringing the engineers in, uh, so so top of the funnel sourcing, hardcore sourcing, and advertising, most of the skills assessments are actually done by um, coding platforms and then a hiring manager or experts on that team because not many recruiters have been trained or are able, you know, to assess if someone's a good AI engineer for, you know, for Google DeepMind or something like that. Uh, so this is a huge category as, uh, as well. But then one that's got a bad rep. And Han, um, last year I came on the show to talk about this with you. Um, do you remember the, the, the show about culture and, uh, and culture matching? I do. Uh, unfortunately not, but, um, but yeah, I'm sure it was thrilling. Um, yeah. Uh, it was brilliant. good. I remember that. <laughs> Uh, so 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 what sticks with you uh adam where, where do you think i want to go with this one here well a, a lot of, a lot of people a lot of people said uh <clears throat> um that selecting people for culture is completely biased turns into like it's anti-diversity you know and yeah. all that sort of stuff and it shouldn't be done that's what a lot of people were saying yeah exactly and, and it and it turns out it's because people are mixing stuff like where someone was born or religion or, or, or ethnicity um, directly with culture, which makes sense because they, they kind of overlap in the way that we've been raised. But what these companies have proven is that more about, are you a informal person uh, or do you like an informal employer or would you like to be in a formal environment? Do you see your colleagues as friends or nine to, uh, are you nine to five or are you 24 seven? Uh, are you remote or are you in the office? And if you don't recruit for those type of things, that's how a lot of mishires happen. You know, I'm, I'm Dutch. We have two famous banks, Rabobank and ING, both orange logos, both about the same size, uh, both with exactly the same products and services. But one is a you know, 100-year-old cooperative farmer's bank, uh, very nine-to-five strict suit and tie in the office. And the other is a you know 24-7, almost like Silicon Valley type of tech company these days. And those cultures don't mix. So you can have people in the same job um, you know, different backgrounds, but it just does not mix. And the same can be said for, you know, putting a really successful manager from Japan into a, a Latin American company and vice versa. Uh, the Culture Map is a beautiful book to read about that. And, you know, to write off hiring for cultural fit, for um, emotional fit uh, as bias is really, I think, hurting um, hiring success. And, I, and I'm convinced that technology will, you know, will, will prove that, that if you do do that, you get better matches and better, longer lasting teams and happier, uh, more productive 
more successful employees. But uh, let, let me not dwell on this one too long. Uh, I, I do like to highlight that one. Um, whole new category, interview intelligence. If anyone here is hiring for sales, you know what Chorus AI is or Gong IO, you know, the system that transcribe, record um, sales conversations. Well, we've all been uh, talking about how recruiting is marketing and sales. So the interview or sourcing in many ways is similar to a um, sales conversation. And, and these companies have emulated what those platforms do really well and bring it to recruitment, which allows um, re interviewers, hiring teams to provide much more structured interviews and create better, uh, what do you call practices, um, can remember what was being said in the interview the best way. And uh, MetaView, I love the demo that you showed on uh, on your uh, channel, uh, Han, where a recruiter after a interview through MetaView is transcribed and summarized, asked asked the bot whether the person was fit for a startup because the CV mainly said large uh, corporates and then MetaView was able to distill yes for these and these reasons. I, I don't remember them. For example, they were volunteering for smaller companies or something. Uh, that's That's impressive. The only thing that I will say about these tools is that they are really built for the status quo. They are built for thinking that there will still be a human recruiter or a human interviewer. Whereas if we get to a world where job seekers are using AI to apply and employers are using AI to, to qualify them, then, then this whole category won't make any sense anymore because there won't be any humans. But, but for a long time, I think the hiring manager will exist. I think that's what's going to be their main user when all recruiters disappear. I do see a future for a while still for for these uh, these platforms. And then I'm almost there, so we can still do some uh, you know some grinding and uh, and uh, some other perspectives. But onboarding, you know, um, how often does it go wrong? We have incredible companies in the market that help people prepare, and then over a period of time, um, not just the, the 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 first few days, but for example, onboarder covers the whole employee life cycle from. Uh, starting on your first day to the first month, three months, first year, internal mobility, but then even outplacement. But the one that really impressed me at the HR Technologies Conference a while back, is a company called 50 Skills on the right, because they have a, um, a journey builder that has just you know an incredible UX from my perspective, but they've also put AI behind that. So AI will recommend to people that, for example, don't have much experience with building onboarding journeys, the most successful onboarding journeys that they have seen from their other hundreds of thousands of, uh, of users and of, uh, of experiences, which I think is a, a great way to work. And the other thing I loved about what they did is that they've created a library where if, if you create a great onboarding journey and you want to share that with your um, uh, other uh, uh, peers in the recruitment industry, uh, you can just share it and people can use it, which I think is a great way of um, working together. But um, to bring this all together, what, 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 I'm, what I'm predicting is that ultimately all of this stuff uh, will be automated by creating automations between all of these technologies, auto progressions, if you will, and uh, by integrations through centralized hiring platforms that can measure uh, what's working, connect it all together. Um, I got to give another shout out, I promise, to a uh, small boutique uh, agency that does this sort of stuff called Other. They've done some incredible stuff with, with our technology, uh, also with other technologies, um, creating these, these automated hiring journeys. Uh, you know, what I'm arguing for is that at some point they will become fully automated. And that's it for the presentation. Uh, am I back? Yeah. You're back. Okay. There's a, 
There's a lot no, of... Um... Hang, on, hang on, hang on. Before we get on with it, thank you, Stan, for, for that presentation. Very interesting. We have a lot of people saying, please share that. Are you prepared to share the presentation? Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Please, you can have it. Please, yeah. yeah, please do so on the chat stream there. Folks, we always have to do this in the middle of every show. We are almost to the end of the show so we, we, because of the unusual format. We want to make sure we don't miss this one. So um, Recruiting Brain Food is here to try and make sure we continue conversations even after we've come off air. Um, so take a moment, grab your LinkedIn URL, share it in the chat stream that you see in chat Crowdcast here, and then connect with everyone else uh, that has done the same. If you're watching this on any of the LinkedIn's, Facebooks, Twitters, or wherever you see in the live stream, do the same. Grab your LinkedIn URL, share it into the comment thread there, and then connect with everyone else you see. I can see about 200 people or 300 people are watching this here on Crowdcast. There's going to be hundreds elsewhere. So your chances of emerging from this with you know, a uh, hundred plus uh, excellent connections on LinkedIn, I think are very high. So go ahead and spend a bit of time and do that. Um, okay, Adam, I interrupted you. Go ahead. That's all right. Um, so I just wanted to respond to some a lot, a lot of the comments on the chat here while Stan was talking, and then get Stan's opinion on this. So the, there's a lot of there's a lot of people in here saying, "Oh, I might as well just retire," or you know, things like that. And my opinion is that. Talent acquisition teams are not necessarily going to be smaller as a result of all of this, but the jobs that they're doing are going to be quite different. And I think there's going to be a lot of robot managers. There's going to be a lot more people focused on things like um, branding and experience design and things like that. And there's going no, to be no. far less people like actually doing recruitment. Stop it, Adam. All of the even the jobs that you're giving as examples right now will be managed by bots. Earlier at uh, Rekfest Live, Steve asked me, but don't you need a puppet master? Uh, don't I believe in the puppet master that manages all those different solutions and AIs? Yes, I do. But that puppet master, guess what? Will also be an AI. Obviously, because if there's a human doing this job, even if they'll do it for a week, the AI will know enough about it to self-teach it to do better, faster, higher quality, better kind of experience, better matches. Mate, we are all, not just you guys, I am losing the current job we have and the chance that those jobs will come back or create new jobs for the first time in history is incredibly small because not just productivity has been enhanced in this latest technological interview uh, revolution, but also quality. So what's left, you know, slowly but surely you need to find out how to leverage AI for your own, you know, for your own benefits and your, your employer's benefits. Cause the people that don't, they have a short, you know, job horizon, but after that, yeah, Han, very likely the social constructs, the way we treat economy and consumption and, and, and wealth distribution will have to change because they're unsustainable in, 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 um, in relation with the current developments. And I think the right. smartest people at top, they know and are preparing for it. No, absolutely. Um, okay, we've got some time to bring people on screen. The plan was always to draw people who are particularly passionate about this. Are you annoyed by this presentation? Are you inspired by it? Do you want to come on screen and give your comments? Uh, how do I do this? I mean, if someone does want to come on screen, please do say in the comments. I think you can put your hand up or something. Is there a feature to do that? I don't think so. Um, uh, but okay, yeah, if anybody wants to come on screen, just say so. Uh, otherwise, I might just like pick random people out like a comedian in the front row or something. Um, and we'll see where we go. Um, who, who, who chooses the tech stack then? A bot chooses the tech stack. So who chooses which bot chooses the tech stack? Does a bot select a bot 
to choose the tech stack that's used for talent acquisition. This is already happening, man. When you try to uh, choose a holiday or choose a movie, you ask ChatGDP, right? So, uh, hey, I have this challenge in this market. What do I use? I, I think the future of platforms like, like the one I'm working for is being able to answer those questions instantly, really empower uh, hiring teams to break free from those legacy processes, legacy systems, and leverage the power of technology and AI to instantly create far more um, compelling candidate journeys, far better matches. You know, the, 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 the ingredients are here. The problem is we're still thinking in the status quo. We're still thinking, how do we make the recruiter more productive? No, we need to be thinking about the end goal. How do we make better job matches? You know, how do, how do we make people happier, uh, employers happier, retention longer? <laughs> this is the sort of stuff. Not how do we make recruiters more productive. Show me a person outside of our industry that will raise their hand if you ask them if they want to talk to a recruiter. Show me one. Okay, Jane, I've just invited you on screen. I thought you had a really interesting comment, so I want to try and see if you want to come on. No is yeah. okay, but if you want to come on and have a chat with us, that would be amazing. Um, uh, okay, um, I think the dystopia view um, is is not irrational in my view. Um, I think that um, the, the, the logic of our current economic system is to do things as efficiently as possible to make as much revenue. That means getting rid of headcount. I mean, we've seen it over the last 12 months, the big tech layoffs, it's all about reducing headcount. They don't care. Uh, they meaning us. So if we're company owners, we'll also think this way. Um, and, and it's important to realize that the them and us argument is often case um, a, a case of simply our own positioning because oftentimes them is us. Uh, depending on whether we're the user of a product or whether the subject to being used or whether a service provider or whatever it is. Um, so all of those things are, are a big part of it. Question is, what do humans do? Do we start our own hobby farms? I definitely think we should learn how to grow food. I think it makes sense. Uh, do we even have space to do that, though? Uh, we don't know. Um, okay, Angel, I think it's Angel. Let's try and bring Angel on. Perhaps uh, he or she, I think it's a he. as uh, a Latin name, I believe. Uh, come on screen. Let's have a chat and see where this works. And Adam Gordon, do you remember when we first started Brain Food Live on air, the initial, the, the initial idea behind it was that we would do uh, a call-in yeah. show. Um, but at that time, three years ago, basically no one would be prepared to do it. Uh, oh, people are raising hands. Uh, there's a feature to do this. Uh, but now has the world changed enough? Um, it may have changed, but I can't understand the UX in order to get hold of this. Um, all right, I don't see who's who's actually wanted to come on screen. I'm sorry, guys. I've pressed something and it's gone away. Um, okay, I don't think this is working. All right, just say in the, say in the chat if you're coming. Angel no, is no, here. No, no. Angel is oh. here. Just hey, can you hear me? Okay. Oh, it's not. Yes. It's Angel, I think. Um, we it's can Angel, hear you. Yeah. We can't see you. Um, do you want to stick? Is, is, is uh, you, you okay? Camera off, but camera on. Will yeah, be good camera as well, off Angel. is great because it's yeah, it's too early here, and I'm in the dark anyway, so it's good. okay. Okay, go ahead. What have you got to say to uh, to Stan? Angel? Yeah, I just I, you know it does it does frighten me if I'm being completely honest. I'm I'm very very new to recruiting. I'm mostly doing sourcing at this point. But uh, yeah, all of this information, it, it is a bit of information overload. I'm sort of joking about the hobby farm thing, but you know, like, I would totally go that direction if I had the option at this point, because it does sound a little bit, a little bit frightening if somebody can just come in and put a bot in to do my job at this point, right? When did you come into the industry, Angle? Just um, nine months ago. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool. In healthcare, uh, in Canada. Mm -hmm. So it's 
fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the reality is all of us are feeling the same. It's not about how long you've been yeah. in the business. Um, yeah. There's people that are veterans in, I mean, some of the, some of the, the more harsher comments in the comment stream are actually industry veterans that have been doing the job for 20, 30 years. Um, yeah. So I think everyone is feeling that, okay, uh, this is something that might be happening and, uh, and something to think about. Uh, but the reason why Stan is presenting this is basically to kind of test uh, the edges of it. Uh, there's yes. certainly no com there's no organization that's anywhere close to doing all of this as we have laid out. Uh, but it's a it's a possible future, uh, and that causes us to think, uh, okay, what else do we need to do in order to to uh, uh, to position well? Uh, Adam, I wonder whether you got any thoughts on this. Like, where, where how would you address uh, some of Angle's uh, concerns there? Well, I mean, I think that healthcare is one of those industries where, so, I mean, I was thinking actually a bit further meta, which is that, than this, which is like, if, if, if Stan's right, and we're not going to need any humans in recruitment at all, actually recruitment is one of many, many industry, uh, like professions that you're not going to need humans for at all. So why would you need recruitment if we don't need to hire anybody? However, Angel's choice of healthcare is a very, very good one because that definitely is an industry, an industry which we've seen from McKinsey and many others is going to be much less disrupted by technology than others. So I don't know if that was by design or not, Angel, but well done. <laughs> no, Black, I think, I that's, think yeah. <laughs> yeah, stay, stay in healthcare is definitely true. A couple of reasons why that's a, a positive thing. Number one, demographic decline. We've talked about this. We're living longer and we're getting basically iller as we get older, right? Um, so mm -hmm. we're going to need more healthcare per capita. Um, secondly, we also want the human touch. That is the case. We, we, we I, I call it uh, the human preferred anyway is my quote on this, uh, which is basically you might get an automated solution that is technically better, um, but in certain areas or certain domains, we would actually prefer the human in any case, even though they were technically worse, because uh, sometimes we need the person to hold our hand. Uh, right. We don't want the bad news to be delivered to us by a robot. We need someone to be talking to us and showing empathy. Uh, and I think that the, 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 the humanness of this cannot be replaced because the humanity is the reason um, that is itself the service. I, I, so I will, find I, you, uh, I will find you that article, um, but a, re a piece of research recently came out showing how um, people needing healthcare perceived uh, bots as having more empathy than doctors. I think that's and, true. And, and as a big piece of research, I can see I'll, that. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to get you that li that link for brain food. Um, I'll have it to you by this <laughs> afternoon. Uh, and, and there was a logical reason even behind it that they thought like doctors can't have too much empathy, because if they mm. do, the job would be unsustainable for them. They need to be able to let go uh, and and uh, from 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 the pain and and the suffering that they're seeing. But there's another funny thing uh, about voice and bots, because one of the things that um, Scotty disproved, for example, they have some data on that, is that candidates won't want to share very specific details about themselves, their current income, or their current life situation with a bot when they would with a human. The opposite turned out to be true. And job seekers trust the bot or distrust the bot far less or trust the bot more than they do with the human that's calling them. No, let, me, let, let me interact intercede. I think it's actually not to do with bot or human. It's got to do more with the, the, the social distance you have with the thing that you're talking to. So for instance, very well known trope, you tell the barman everything, you tell the taxi driver everything, you don't tell your best friend half the stuff that you might share over a beer with the cocktail guy. Um, and it's because of the social distance. So I think it's the, the bot basically has guaranteed social distance. Um, it's never going to go anywhere, we think. 
uh, therefore, uh, that's the thing. Okay, Angel, we're going to let you go. Thank you for coming on screen. Uh, we're going to bring on Barry. Is it Barry D D D Paulo D Paulo? I believe. Let me see if I can find Barry. Um, oh God, this is quite uh, tricky. It's not so Barry, it's Brad. Bradley, there we go. Um, we're going to accept him onto the main main stage. All right, so people can actually stick their hands up, and I, I can click them on. It looks like it's something totally easy to do. Um, Oh, there's Bradley. Bradley, how are you doing? I am great. I'm not sure why I'm on stage twice. but so, uh, Two Bradleys is better than one. Stay where you are. Uh, what have you got to say, Carla? Well, you know, this is our first time meeting uh, Hung, but I'm a big uh, fan of Adam and, and Stans and know them both well. So um, I'm going to kind of sit right in the middle between the two of them because Adam and I are both big fans of automation. Um, both founders of automation companies. So I do believe that, uh, you know, the I think Adam is right. The recruitment function is going to change completely. We're going to see more people driving ships and uh, picking like tech stacks and, and things like that. But um, a lot of the process is going to become automated. It's going to become bot driven. Um, I think the whole, nurturing the conversation side the the sourcing um reviving applicant tracking systems all of that driving things right through but um right down to the hiring decision i don't know if bots are going to make final hiring decisions um I, I think they can they can replace a big part of the process but um i i think i i think adam is like I, i'm kind of right in between the two of them it's it's going to change completely uh, talent acquisition teams are going to become more focused on tech and marketing versus uh, sourcing and screening. If I just respond to that with one, one thing, which is um, one thing I said, I'm going to take it back. I'm going to take back the comment I said, which was that talent acquisition teams will be the same size. They will definitely not be the same size. However, I agree. Between now and a big reduction in the size of the team, they're going to expand in particular areas because right now the battleground in most companies is in the recruiter area. And it's going to become more and more about the experience design and the speed and all those sorts of things. And every company, most companies are going to have to get better at that. And they're going to have to refocus people out of filling jobs into that area to get better and better at that. I think in advance of the bots taking over. So I'm not totally disagreeing with Stan and I am pretty close to him on this, but um, I, I don't quite get the concept of the bot chooses which ATS um, and, and things like that. I'm not, I, I don't quite, I don't quite get that. Yeah. I, I'm with you on that one, Adam. I think we're still going to need people to drive the tech stack. Um, and I, I don't know necessarily about, um, you know, ensuring it's working properly because AI is going to do a much better job at that than, than we can. But um, the team is going to change dr drastically. Recruitment teams are going to drop in size. Um, AI is here to stay and it's going to replace a big part of the process. Uh, so if I was in recruitment right now, uh, I'd be focusing on learning skills like marketing, learning skills like automation, learning skills like um uh, conversational AI uh, and, and things like that. Like that's what I'd be focusing on if I was actually in active recruitment right now, uh, because sourcing and screening and 
um, setting up interviews, those things are going away. They just have to. Yeah, very, very good, Bradley. Um, basically, we're talking about all of the interview logistics, the recruitment logistics part of it. That's got to go. I think we all kind of want it to go, but actually when we look at it, it might actually be 70% of the work. So if that is the case, what the heck else are we going to be doing? It's a thought we need to put on. Uh, Bradley, thanks for coming on to the screen. I'm going to have to move on to the next caller. Um, we'll thanks. have to bring both the Bradleys off. Can I do it in one go? No, it, it disappears. Okay, cool. Uh, is there anybody else that wants to come on and have a chat with us? Um, this is like me with no filter. So if you want to come on and say something, go ahead. Um, not that easy for me to see how it works, though, um, because there's no hand raising. There is a hand raise, but for some reason, I can't see the hand raise. Um, yeah, okay, no worries. Maybe that's it. We have to let it go. We're already over time. Uh, Stan, thanks so much for presenting uh, your dystopia position on it. Um, I think it's worthwhile maybe doing a second show of a different type, maybe with a different presenter, with a different view. That would be quite interesting to contrast and see how we go with that, because I think there is it is possible uh, to make a strong case uh, the other way as well. So, um, so yes, uh, we'll go ahead and do that. But th thanks for stepping up and basically uh, doing uh, uh, playing that uh, role, Stan. Uh, I'll, I'll see you soon, mate. Um, okay, Adam, you got to go as well, so I'll let you go. Um, uh, thanks everyone for watching. Uh, we'll be back next week. What are we going to be talking about? Uh, we've actually got an amazing show for you because we're going to be talking about LinkedIn updates. Um, it's actually again a unique show. Uh, this time it is Andy Foote is going to come on and just give us a presentation uh, on what the latest LinkedIn updates have been. Um, we have all seen, or if you've experienced, that your view rate is, the, is sort of collapsed, the engagement rate is no longer there. Why is that the case? Um, well, guess what? Um, I think we have some news as to why that is and what those changes to the mighty algorithm have been. Uh, in which case, um, tune into that, follow the channel and register for the show. Uh, make sure you see Andy talk about that as well. Okay, that's about it. I've got to go to sleep. I'll see you next week, folks. Cheers.